pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. This day which you have given where you have given us your word to hear and you have promised your presence by your Holy Spirit as well as through your Son as he is present with us in bread and wine with his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We pray that you would work mightily by your Spirit. Remove distractions from our hearts and minds. Open our ears to hear your word. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. That 50th day after Passover was a very well-known day in the Jewish rhythm of feasts. It had been celebrated many, many times. Not always called Pentecost, but in the local language it would have been called the Feast of Shavuot. The Feast of First Fruits, a feast where they would gather together and give of all that God had given first in the harvest. So as the wheat harvest would come together and as they would bring everything in, they would then take the first portions of that harvest and hand them over as an offering at the temple. So you would have folks gathered around from all throughout Judah and Israel, all throughout Jerusalem and all throughout Israel as they would gather together and bring of what God had given to them first, this festival of first fruits. Throughout the years, it had also come to take on another traditional meaning, and you can read in many of the rabbis throughout the centuries as they would write about this also being a celebration of when Moses brought God's word to his people down from Mount Sinai. Roughly 40 days after they had been rescued out of slavery, out of Egypt, and brought to Mount Sinai, and there at the foot of Mount Sinai, as God had landed kind of his presence on top of that mountain and brought Moses up to then give his word unto the people, and Moses would come down with that word to the people. So on this 50th day, on this period of time after the Passover, there was a very familiar celebration that drew Jews from all over the place to come together to celebrate what God had done for them, to bring their first fruits and to hear God's word. So it wasn't a surprise that there were lots of folks gathered around, but this day that we hear about in Scripture, this one is unique. This one had never happened before, nor has really happened since. You see, on this day, ten days after Christ had ascended to the right hand of the Father and the disciples initially were kind of scattered around wondering what to do. In fact, on that day of ascension, they all just kind of looked up until an angel told them, go about your business. He'll come back in the same way that he went, but go until he has brought down power from on high, just as he said. So on this day of Pentecost, they were gathered in Jerusalem, and they were gathered in what we hear in Scripture as a house. Now, if you read further in there, you find out that this must have been a really big house because there were thousands of people that heard the disciples speaking and heard Peter preaching. So another thing to think on is that this house could very well be the house of the Lord. Luke, who wrote Acts, tends to write that way at times. And during a feast of Pentecost, that would have been a very natural place for everybody to be. Is there at the temple 
in the temple courts expecting to hear God's word and bringing those first fruits. But see, in those temple courts, they would have expected to hear everything in Hebrew. That was the language of a feast. That was the language of the temple. There wasn't anything spoken at the temple except for Hebrew. So as these folks gathered together, and as they're walking around the temple courts, getting ready to celebrate this feast of first fruits like they always had in the past, they hear something different. They were the disciples who gathered together. They heard that sound of a mighty rushing wind, a sound from heaven, a sound like no other, but it was like a wind. So it's not that everything was blowing around, but there was a heavenly presence coming down and these tongues distributed out among the disciples, this presence of the Holy Spirit, this thing that they could see that looked heavenly, sat upon the disciples, gave them words to speak. And whether these words were just spoken in their own language and people heard them in their native tongue, that would be miraculous. If these guys spoke the actual languages, which would be certainly one understanding because they said, aren't all these guys Galileans? How'd they get to know all these words, right? How'd they get to know all these languages? Again, miraculous. Another opportunity, another interesting thing to think on is that since Hebrew was the language of the temple, even if the disciples were solely speaking all of these things of God in Greek and Aramaic, they would have been pushing the tradition and culture of the temple aside for that moment to say, here's God's word for you to hear and understand. Here is God's word so that you would know it. Here's God's word coming to you without a translator. Any of those are miraculous. Any of those show God's power in the midst of that moment as God opens up his word to the people, as the Holy Spirit begins to act on his people and gather them together to hear his word, gather them together and calling them into that one place so that the spirit could work through the word of God to enlighten them to the truths of Christ. Now that first sermon of Peter would have been a hard one to hear because Peter didn't hold any punches as he stood there and he said, men of Judea, gather around, hear my word. Y'all killed Jesus. Again, paraphrase of things. But that's pretty much what he told them. You can imagine how that cut them to the heart as they were hearing this word, not having to figure out maybe a little bit of the Hebrew they remembered or having to ask somebody else what they said, but to hear this law of God coming to them and saying, you have sinned against God the Creator and against the Son of God as you put Him upon the cross. The Holy Spirit worked through that word to convict them. Worked through that word to show them that it wasn't their actions that were going to save them in any way. In fact, their actions had made things worse for them. But it broke them down. They said, whatever should we do? It's at that point that I think we actually get to have some kind of connection with them and see them as something that maybe we've never thought of those people, a first fruits of God. See, Jesus was risen from the dead. He was the first 
of the resurrection. He was the first fruits of that resurrection, a seed that was planted into the ground that was brought up and alive to bring life into a world that was shaped by death. And yet, he was victorious. And now on this Pentecost, as the Holy Spirit worked through the disciples and through that preached word into their ears, they were now the first fruits of God's church. People gathered together in a different way. I want you to think back to about 700 years after the flood. Y'all remember that. About 700 years after the flood, right? Noah had landed, all the waters receded, and people went along for 700 years. And they got together in their mind that they were going to be able to do anything they wanted because they could communicate so well and they could make a name for themselves and they could build a tower that would reach the heavens. That everybody who walked up to it would say, these are amazing people because they were able to build something that nobody else was ever able to build. God saw through that. God looked at that and he said, they're starting to see that, or starting to think, not see, but they're starting to think that they could be dependent upon themselves and not upon God, not upon the Creator, not upon the one who set everything in motion, but to be dependent upon themselves, not having to worry about God anymore, that they could take everything in their own hands. And so God looked down and he said, let us go down there and confuse their language kind of for their own good so that we don't have to bring down a judgment like the flood again. So things don't get to a place where they were before. And at that Tower of Babel, everybody was dispersed and broken apart, and the multi-million dollar building project stopped. It was left. They had to walk away because they couldn't communicate anymore. Millennia went by. And then this Pentecost that we read about, This Pentecost where people are brought around from every nation around, from Rome in the north and west out to Arabia and down to the south, everybody with native tongues that they were used to speaking at home and not expecting to hear there at the temple. God brings them all together so that they would hear one word in one voice and the Holy Spirit would work through that word to gather God's people together once again and to build the foundations of his church in a way that would proclaim the word of God for centuries and millennia. A church that you're part of. A church that you are connected to. Because we are still in the days of the effects of that first Pentecost, where God's word is being proclaimed throughout the world and the Holy Spirit is working through it to call, gather, and enlighten people to Jesus. To bring them to the truth of Christ that he is our one and only Savior, that he is the one that has forgiven your sins, and that he is the one that they and you are baptized into in your baptism as the Holy Spirit works through that baptism to give you the identity of Jesus, the identity of righteousness, the identity as a child of God. That's the identity that the Holy Spirit strengthens as you hear the words of forgiveness preached into your ears, as you hear God's word for your life, that's the identity that the Holy Spirit strengthens each day as you hear of God's love and grace and mercy for you. A 
a beautiful word to hear. And there's a lot of things in life that will try and separate us from it. Satan will work through all kinds of means to break us apart from that word, whether it's divisions in a church, whether it's divisions in a family, whether it's laziness and subtleness, whatever the case may be, Satan will work through every opportunity to separate you from that word. But Satan lost. Jesus was victorious over Satan and death and anything that would break you out of God's hand. And as he ascended to the right hand of God, he sent the Holy Spirit to be present in your life, present as you live day to day, present to guide you in the word of God, present to lead you in care for one another, present to strengthen you as a church of God's people, where we saw the first fruits of that in that first day of Pentecost. And as we gather together, every Sunday, to give back to God what He has given us. Every Sunday is certainly a little Easter as we celebrate our resurrected Lord. It's also a little Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit works through that preached word to strengthen you in faith. And so we pray for all of that to happen every Sunday, for the Spirit to be with us every day as we live as God's people. Looking forward to that day where we no longer have to imagine the Holy Spirit's presence, or wonder what Christ looks like, but we get to walk around in a restored and renewed creation where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are present amongst His church once again, all speaking one language, all enjoying life eternal because of God's work in your life now. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for the love the grace, the mercy that you have showered upon us by all that your son Jesus has done on our behalf. And we pray that you send your spirit in mighty ways each day, that you would constantly turn our heads to the truth of Christ. Keep our eyes focused upon him through all of the struggles and trials and tribulations and in all of the joys and wonderment of what goes on now, that we would give praise and thanks to you. And that from all the gifts you give, that we would return to you with the things that you have given first. We pray, Lord, that you guide us and lead us in the precious love you have for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.